views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Kind of short and kind of square, through the foam in his mustache, his voice filled the air. Talking about a state of mind, son. Talking about the state of Jefferson. It's a wave on a dusty road. It's a locker in the envelope. Trying to make my partner smile here. There we go. Good morning, Jeffersonians. How y'all doing out there? Uh, nobody responded, when? You're waiting? I am. You're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> Was it rhetorical? <laughs> Here this morning uh, with Jason, our soundboard operator who's in there uh, growing the best beer. Yeah. Good morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. You got a good good looking mustache, though. I think you look pretty good. Well, that's, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to be me. Yeah. <laughs> Terry's just lazy. He doesn't want to shave above his lip. That's pretty much where I'm at with my beard, too. Too lazy to shave. Oh, man. Anyway, good morning, everybody. We are broadcasting live from KCNR Studios in downtown Reading at 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. In the Jefferson Bunker. It is. But if you <laughs> just listen to the news, they just talked about no, how costly it is to, to pick up dog don't poop. To. Don't want to. Don't yeah, want to. Well, they, they, I mean, if you just listen to the news just before this program, our news that we play here. And oh, yeah, yeah. They were talking about how costly it was to pick up dog poop. I wonder how costly it is to pick up people poop in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, whatever. Hey, did you see that uh, picture on Facebook where the guy standing there with nothing but socks on defecating in front of a uh, police car? No. Oh, yeah. That's the San Francisco Police uh, Department car sitting, standing right there. No. All this glory. Letting it go. Yeah, yes. unbelievable. First I thing mean, we want to talk about on Sunday morning. Well, I mean. Let's move on. The thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, I've got some other stuff. So do I. How about, oh, do you? No, go for it. You want me to? <laughs> yeah, you do that. Are you sure? Sure. Okay. Tomorrow night at the Patriot meeting at 2570 South Bonneview Road at the church that shall remain nameless. Here in Reading. Here in Reading. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Webb. Mm-hmm. Just in case. Just in case people yeah. don't know it's in Reading. It yeah. is in Reading. Yeah. Yep. Elizabeth Betancourt will be the speaker. She is a Democrat who's the candidate for Assembly 1, District 1. And uh, she'll be speaking tomorrow night, so come with your questions. Uh, same format we usually use when we have a candidate in. Uh, they'll let you know all about themselves uh, probably in the first 10 minutes, and then after that it's Q&A because we always feel that the heavy lifting is in Q&A. Talking about heavy lifting, uh, we've been getting tremendous responses from the recall Newsom uh, <laughs> petitions. I mean, just amazing stuff. I mean, yesterday we were in front of the Civic Auditorium during the home show there, uh, out on the lawn, and we just got hundreds of people coming over and signing that petition. So I want to give you some addresses of where you can sign the petition during the week. Um, first of all, Jones Fort at 1600 East Cypress Avenue, uh, Bastiani Arms, 2538 Larkspur Lane, Reading Guns, 1304 East Street, um, Wright's Engraving, 3170 Bocelli Lane. I'm going to repeat that one because I've had people ask where they can go around the Bocelli Lane area. So it's Bright's Engraving, 3170 Bocelli Lane. 
Old West at 568 Market Street. Greco Screen Printing, right there at 7093 Danier Road. Pat Kramer Insurance out in Anderson. There's, she's a patriot. Uh, 5200 Industrial Way, Suite B in Anderson. Woody's Barbershop, 3466 Main Street, Cottonwood. I wonder if they had their lights back on yet. Maybe somebody could let us know about that if uh, people in the Cottonwood, Anderson, Tehama County area have their lights on yet or their electricity back. And, of course, always at the Reading Patriots Monday night meetings, usually from 5 to 7.30 at 2570 South Bonneville Road. Now, um, the businesses I mention are usually open between about 9 and 5. To be safe, between 9 and 5 is always safe. So, with that, my good friend, what you got? You've got a few announcements, you said? No, I just want to let everybody know to um, the, mess, the most recent messenger just came out yesterday. And so I just want to let everybody know, if, if you haven't received it, to go online to SOJ51.org and subscribe to the um, Jefferson Messenger. It doesn't cost anything. And when you subscribe to it, your email will be put into a queue, and it's just done automatically when um, the messenger's ready and the ladies that put it together um, hit send, so to speak. It just goes out to everybody. So I just want to let you know that that's available. And there's a lot of good information in there. Um, there's an article in there about the uh, – Gun owners fight to open carry restrictions um, that everybody was talking about um, down in Sacramento that we've got the Second Amendment um, lawsuit currently entangled with California. So that there's a little article in there about that, which is well written and well done. And then um, there's just other tidbits of information in there. Um, there's a fundraiser coming up in Trinity County, and that's a spaghetti fundraiser. It'll be a week from yesterday, so it'll be on Saturday, October 19th. And it'll be from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Trinity County Fairgrounds in Hayfork. Um, adult prices are $8. Children 7 to 12 years of age is $4. Children 6 and under are free. Um, so just come check it out. They'll have lots of good stuff there. It's a coffee, tea, and lemonade will be provided, but it's a spaghetti feed fundraiser. So um, <clears throat> you could win an opportunity to – you can buy tickets to buy, um, win an opportunity to buy, um, get a 15-cubic-foot freezer um, – with meat. Um, there's a raffle for that. So it'll be full of meat. Get the freezer and the meat, go home. Oh, they'll have a dinner auction and a silent auction. So there you go. Go check it out. Well, it looks like Gavin Newsom is up to his old tricks. Uh, he signed uh, 15 anti Second Amendment bills. No. Yep. 15, 15 of them. 15. One anti Second Amendment. One, one can't just slow it all up. He's got to do 15. Here's a couple that are really Good Lord. juicy. AB 12 by Assembly Member Jackie Irwin, a Democrat, what a surprise, from Thousand Oaks, extends the duration of a gun violence restraining order, GVRO, for those of you who like to have acronyms. It's uh, AKA, also known as the Red Flag Law, to a maximum of five years now instead of one year. <laughs> AB 61 by Assembly Member Philip Ting, He's a Democrat with a surprise. San Francisco allows an employer, co-worker, employee, or teacher to file a petition requesting that your guns be confiscated without due process. That's AB 61. I'm going to read that again. Sounds kind of commie to me. You think? Assembly member Philip Ting, Democrat San Francisco, allows an employer, co-worker, employee, or teacher to file a petition requesting that your guns be confiscated without due process. Hmm. 
AB 1297, and Assembly Member Kevin McCarthy. Guess what party he's from? <laughs> Democrat Sacramento eliminates the existing $100 limit on processing fees for concealed firearm licenses, meaning local sheriffs can charge as much as they like. Hmm. SB 7376 by Senator Anthony Portentino. Guess what party he's in? Democrat. Limits the number of personally owned firearms an individual can sell without a license. That's just a few of the fun laws that Gavin Newsom has signed into law. So have you had enough? I mean, have you I don't. Enough? I don't think people have. And that's the frustrating part. We're letting all this garbage happen. And when are we going to put a stop to it? Come on, people. When are people going to stand up? Come on, Democrats. When are you going to stand up? When are you going to be patriots instead of letting the old party do their thing? Stand up. Have a backbone. Do the right thing. Recall these people. Start recall petitions for all these <laughs> Democrats that are in power. Or have somebody qualified run against them. If you have anybody, get them out there. Republicans, I'm challenging you higher and above on that. Get your butts out there and run against them on those platforms. Look what they're doing. Remember what DeLeon told everybody in the Demo- on the Democratic side. We have a supermajority. Pass whatever you want and have them take us to court. Yeah. Well, what's the problem with that? Whose money do they use when we go to court? Ours, to our tax them? dollars, and then we have to come up with money to fight them. So they're double dipping into our pockets in order to essentially win a court case. So they're draining more money out of our pockets all the way down through the whole process. Yeah, um, uh, we have Mark Baird on the phone, and I want to bring him on about just for a quick minute here, just before the break. Uh, Mark, how you doing, buddy? Every day is a new adventure. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing well. Well, here's what we'd like to do. We're going to go to a break, and we're going to do it now so we can uh, let you talk for a while. What we want to do is, uh, if you could, to the folks, explain what we're doing on the Second Amendment lawsuit. Um, if you could do that, uh, pretty much a lot of people are, are pretty much aware of that. But what we really want to uh, hear you talk about is what happened on Tuesday, or actually what didn't happen on Tuesday, and what happened in court on Wednesday. Those are the things we really want to hear. So, my good friend, we're going to just uh, hold on through the, the break, please. We'll do our first break, and then Mark will come back to you, and we'll start with our interview. Sound okay. good? All right, brother. Time has come. For 51. And to get her done. You bet, Jeff. Up in the hills of Northern California, we believe America is the home of the brave. What we got is earned by working it and handed out for free. We stand for the flag and pledge our allegiance for the last of a dying breed. Last of a dying breed. Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? 
Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support. Did you know that the City of Reading has started licensing commercial cannabis activities within the city limits? Synergy is the first of the city's approved retailers to obtain licensure, bringing to the Reading area the most experienced retailer in the North State. They will ensure that your visit is both professional and comfortable. Access is simple and discreet. Synergy has a private 25-space parking lot at the back of the building. Synergy is located at 345 Hempstead Drive, Reading. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program provides socialization, transportation, and free meals to eligible Native American elders and their spouses. Our program celebrates Native elders through cultural activities, entertainment, exercise, and education. Elders can dine together here and will deliver meals to those who are unable to attend. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program is free. Discover the services available to you or your elders at ReadingRancheria.com. If you've even remotely been considering making the switch to solar, the next 25 seconds can literally change your energy bill forever. Powerhouse Solar reminds you that the 30% federal tax credit ends December 31st. You can put zero down and get locked in rates right now. Powerhouse Solar has been servicing Reading and the North State since 2003, and we're experts in solar electric systems, off-grid, and battery backup. If you're ready to say goodbye to that ever-increasing power bill, call Powerhouse Solar at 275-5600 and see more at powerhousesolar.com. Sally's in by the music she plays. That's a hard rocker. So you better mm. go out and kick some ass, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we can say that on the radio, by the way. Yes, we can. Yeah, there's some words we can say. Which is kind of fun. Himasabi, are you there, sir? Uh, uh, yep, still here. Good. All right. So, so on when, on Tuesday we went down to our our scheduled court hearing for the uh, Baird versus the Sarah case, and uh, people showed up from all over the place. Charles Nichols from Nichols v. Newsom, another open carry case that's in the Ninth Circuit right now, and his oral arguments are complete. And his case was stayed pending the outcome of the New York Rifle and Pistol Association and pending the outcome of Young versus Hawaii. Um, he he came up from Southern California to attend the case. Very nice. Um, I like Charles. Uh, he's uh, uh, been in court for 10 years all by himself, by the way, trying to fight for our rights. And uh, people drove from all over the place. I mean, my car trip was 10 hours round trip. 
and 15 minutes before court, the judge uh, vacated the hearing and uh, because she was sick, which was extremely disappointing because, as probably everybody knows, our attorney flew in from New York. I mean, these things aren't cheap deals, and people move, and this judge knows that. And now she probably was genuinely sick, but, I mean, for goodness sakes, there was only one case on the docket that was oral. The rest of them were telephonic. Suck it up for an hour and get the case done so as not to inconvenience the 75 people that had to spend their own money, take off of work, spend their time, go to a court case that you, the queen of uh, the queen of the court, can just cancel on 15 minutes' notice. I find that to be disrespectful and and the height of, of hypocrisy for a government that's supposed to serve us to treat people like we're we're simply subjects to be toyed with whenever they want to. So later on, it was probably about 20, 30 minutes later, we got an email from the court clerk saying that there were dates available to uh, reschedule. One was November, and the other one was tomorrow. Well, the first thing our attorney said as a former New York prosecutor, uh, she said, well, this is just my prosecutor thinking, but how does the judge know she's not going to be sick tomorrow? (laughs) You know, so we uh, we took tomorrow because we discussed it, and it would be cheaper and easier for her just to get another hotel that night. Her schedule was fortunately clear enough, and her family agreed to it. So she just stayed overnight till the next day. I jumped in my car, drove five hours home, um, got some work done, got up at two o'clock the next morning, and drove five hours back to the court and uh, for the hearing on Wednesday. And the hearing did take place. It was uh, one of the only cases docketed again. Um, there were two telephonic cases, one before and one after. But our case did take place at 10 a.m. It was on time. The state's attorney was there, and we were there. And the second day, we probably had, I don't know what, um, 30 people, I'm guessing. I, I really It was probably about 30 or so, I would say. Yeah, I was too busy uh thinking and, and going through papers to really count, but it seemed like about 30. And and so we went into court. 30 was a good showing. I wish it would have been 3,000, but you know how those things go. And, and uh, so we went into court, and the judge uh, gets started right away by asking our attorney questions. And here's uh, something that the judge does quite a bit. Don't you think that all lawful individuals, so she's, first she's trying to attack our standing. And what she's trying to do is turn the, uh, <clears throat> turn the case on its head by declaring that California's ban on the Second Amendment is a general harm. I mean, it was easy to see where she was going. I could see it. The attorney could see it. And she said, don't you think that all law-abiding individuals are, you know, capable of kind of straying. And our attorney said, I'm, I don't follow you, Your Honor. Uh, you're going to have to narrow that question down for me. Well, don't you think that all lawful individuals are capable of, you know, uh, you know, jaywalking? And the attorney said, no, Your Honor, I don't think that at all. What I think is that all lawful individuals are by and large lawful. And then the judge says, well, yeah, but... Yeah, but don't you think that all lawful individuals are, are you know, uh, just, you know, capable of uh, just uh, uh, some bad behavior and, and or, or, well, let me rephrase that because that she'd already asked and answered that question. 
who who would not be <laughs> in a class of lawful individuals? Now, do you remember that from the CFR case? Mr. Staffney, who would not be represented yeah. in this class of people who are accusing the state of, of, of uh, discrimination? And, and Scott Staffney answered in the CFR case, well, Your Honor, that would be anybody who's not listed as a plaintiff. <laughs> I mean, what, I don't even, where are you going with that? Uh, no one, no one who isn't represented by me is, is involved in the class. So, so our, she said to our attorney, well, who would not be involved in a class that you call lawful individuals? And so our attorney said, well, Your Honor, why don't we just start with the federal guidelines? Uh, felons, uh, violent felons, um, uh, people who have been adjudicated mentally deficient, people who have been incarcerated against their will for uh, mental deficiencies, in other words, 5150s, um, people who are violent domestic abusers, um, you know, and, and now I'm just going to change it to my words, uh, you know, criminals. So criminals aren't part of the classification of people called law-abiding individuals or lawful individuals. Because she, the judge was uh, criticizing because we very freely use the phrase law-abiding and lawful individuals who are entitled by their God to possess firearms for defense of themselves, their families, and California has banned that practice. And so what we're doing is we're pressing to have law-abiding individuals regain the liberty that God gave us to to keep and to bear a firearm in outside of the home to defend ourselves, our families, our community, our state, and our nation. So then the judge uh, changes to um, another line of logic because she got nowhere. She looked stupid out of the first one. And the next one was, well, do you, is, is it my... Don't, do you think that California has a de facto ban? So our attorney says, no, Your Honor, that's not what I think at all. I think it is a ban, and it is, because um, uh, 25850 is a ban on the open carry of loaded firearms exposed anywhere in California. That's what 25850 says. 26400 and 26350, and by the way, you were talking about little Anthony Portentino, well, when little Anthony uh, got finished with the Grizzly Adams TV show and catapulted himself to the political stage in California, guess who wrote PC 26450 and, or 26400 and 26350? Well, it was little Anthony, the same guy that wrote the ban on purchasing more than one handgun a month. He wrote the ban on carrying unloaded firearms in California, long guns and short guns. He also wrote the ban on buying more than one rifle a month. Little Anthony is the gift that just keeps on giving. So that's who he is. But at any rate, uh, she said, no, Your Honor, I don't think that at all. I think it is a ban. 28500 or 28550 says you may not carry a loaded firearm exposed in California, period. Not outside your home. You can't do it. It's against the law. Well, if concealed carry isn't a right, and open carry must be the right because you have the, the right to carry, the Second Amendment says so, then Penal Code 25850 bans that right. And 26400 and 26350 bans the right to even carry an unloaded firearm. It is a ban. Now, having said that, there are specific exemptions to the ban. One is the immediate defense exemption, 
which we also covered in court, that is the exemption that says that in the event of uh, lethal force being confronted by an attacker with lethal, lethal force, you have the ability in California to produce a firearm and confront that force while you're trying to call the police, it says. Hopefully you're trying to call the police or some language like that. I forget what it is. But our attorney asked, well, where does this gun come from? Because you weren't allowed to leave your house with it. You can't carry it concealed unless you jump through all the hoops, and that's not your right, and you can't carry it openly. So if you have the immediate defense exemption, how did you get the gun? And another thing, the immediate defense exemption is not a right to produce a gun. Don't kid yourself. It is merely an affirmative defense after the fact. In other words, if you come up with some gun somehow in the Walmart parking lot and you shoot a guy that's trying to beat your wife to death, you are not granted an exemption because of immediate defense. Wow. It is merely it is merely <laughs> a way to defend yourself in court later for killing the guy or shooting the guy. And by the way, in Overturf, uh, the, I forget uh, the, the other name on the case, his immediate defense exemption was denied, and the guy went to jail. Wow. You know, Mark, we're going to have to go off to a break, um, and that's that's amazing. I mean, and you're so right. I mean, people who think that the CCW is a right, still, they still think that a concealed weapon's a right when the sheriff gives you that. It's not, folks. We need to wake up to that. When we get back, if you could talk, I know you're going to get into it, but the preliminary injunction, I think, was really an interesting part of what was going on in that in the case. and. I know you're going to get into that, uh, so hold on, my good friend, and we will get right back to you after the break. Time has come for 51 to get her done. You bet. In debasing degradation, that we cannot be trusted with arms for our defense. Don't try and take my guns away. You wish you hadn't. You'll be sorry The worst mistake you'll ever make Don't try and take my guns away You think today's your lucky day (laughs) Better think it through before it's too late Listen close to what I say Don't try and take my guns away When I turned 18, I couldn't wait to vote. After all, voting is a privilege for all Americans, right? Then I did the math. Did you know that the northern third of California only has 3 out of 80 seats in the Assembly and 3 out of 40 seats in the Senate? Northern California has no representation, and my vote doesn't count. Splitting from California and forming the state of Jefferson is the only remedy. Please visit SOJ51.net for more information. Please donate now to help restore representation. The average adult has issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell. With decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependably. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. 
country. He and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palocedrodentistry.com. At ease. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. Hi, I'm Sharon Clark of Home Helpers. It's amazing to look back at all the families we've touched since 2004, but our clients say it best. I want to express my deep appreciation for the love and support you and your... So fortunate to have an organization like Home Helpers. You never know how much your contribution meant or how greatly you touched our lives. Thank you so much for helping me care for my husband. After hearing what it's meant to them, I truly can't imagine doing anything else. When you need help for your loved one, choose Home Helpers. There is no place like home. This is the home of the brave. And I ain't gonna be your slave. So don't try and take my guns away. That's right. You want to be a slave? No, not at all. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, folks, I, I don't even know where to go with this, other than the fact you're hearing it right from Mark. Um, Wednesday at the Robert Matsui Courthouse, and um, the, our attorney, I think, was really stellar. I know Mark will get into that. I was, to say that we were, a, uh, <laughs> doesn't really do it. Um, Mark, you were, I mean, one of the things that you talked about, and I know, I, I mean, to me, I still talk to people, they still don't get it. They ECWs are right. It just blows my mind, I think, of what's going on, and that actually have the, the, um, the power have our, over whether you as a citizen could even protect family. I mean, to me, it's just the whole thing is really disgusting. Um, if, you, if you could, uh, can you get into the preliminary two? I mean, that was a really... Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, let me, go just, ahead. Let me just put one more nail. Yes, sir. Right. If the CCW, why are there only two in San Francisco County? Why in Santa Clara County with 1.4 million people... There are only 114 CCWs, and the sheriff's been selling medical contributors. Why in Los Angeles County are there less than 100 CCWs, and the sheriff wants to take away about 80 of them because he thinks people just don't need them anymore? Why are there, mean, hey, Mark, why are there only 10,000 in Shasta County? Well, uh, well, I mean, you know, 10,000 is uh, at least a reasonable number, one could say, but not not reasonable that how many people are in Shasta. Right. I mean, yeah, so... And, and when you consider that one of the plaintiffs in our case has had a CCW revoked over a stop sign ticket. Yep. So does that make it, that doesn't seem like that makes it a right. Wow. But let's, let's go on to, um, let's talk just for a minute about the standing. Because look, there are two issues in this case. Do we have standing? The state's trying to say we don't. We say well, the, the result of the case, in my humble opinion, is that the judge will not be able to dismiss the case over standing, and pretty much even the state's attorney kind of agreed to that. So we, the case did survive. Our Second Amendment claim, our Fourth Amendment claim, which is usury and possessory property, our attorney is saying that if you lawfully possess a firearm, you are a lawful individual, you use the firearm for lawful purposes, under the United States Constitution, the Fourth Amendment, you have a possessory interest in property that you own, 
and you have a usury interest in that property. You know, use the property anywhere you want, anytime you want, in any way you want, as long as that purpose is lawful. So that is basically an attack on concealed carry altogether because is it really unlawful when you, a law-abiding citizen, have your firearm strapped on your hip and then it gets really cold and you put your coat on? Have you hidden your gun or have you simply tried to keep yourself warm? If you're outside and you have your gun on lawfully and exposed carry is made legal by our suit, is it really concealing your firearm when it starts to rain and you put on a raincoat or are you just trying to keep the rain off yourself and your property? So that's the Fourth Amendment claim. The Fourteenth Amendment claim is due process that applies to the state through the United States Constitution, and that's in support of McDonald versus Chicago to say that the Second Amendment fully and completely applies to the states, all 50 of them, and in its form, in other words, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So the case is going to survive. We believe all of those allegations. Now let's go to the PI. What is a PI? It is an order that is emergency in nature, and you ask the court to grant that order while the case winds through the insufferable part of the system. Like I said, Charles Nichols has been in court for 10 years in his case. So what we're asking for is we're asking for a restoration of rights pending the case's outcome 10 years from now or 15 years from now or probably when all of us are dead because that's how they try to do it. They drag them out until you die and then it doesn't matter anymore. And that the judge asked, and this is, I, you know, you can't even believe this. This is actually real. It actually happened. The judge says, if I grant this preliminary injunction, will anyone, meaning either the state or us, appeal it? I just choked, I choked on my own spit. I couldn't believe she said that in public. Well, first of all, if she grants the preliminary injunction, why on earth would we appeal it? You know, that's what we're asking for. And the state is sitting there thinking, well, if you grant the preliminary injunction, of course we're going to appeal it. We don't want Californians to have the right to protect themselves. And then if you don't grant the preliminary injunction, we're definitely going to appeal it. We're the ones asking for it, you idiot. So, you know, but that's the quality of judges that we have in the federal court system. And here's another part of it. When our attorney was schooling the judge on how preliminary injunctions work, the judge got mad and snapped at her. And uh, fortunately for us, our attorney's pretty gutsy, and she went right back at the judge. But um, here's my, in my humble opinion, the judge will not grant the preliminary injunction at this level, first of all. Her logic is, well, if I grant it, somebody's going to appeal it. Duh. And and her second logic is, and I'm sure this is in her mind, and once again, this is just my opinion, so don't put words in the judge's mouth over it. How could a dyed-in-the-wool blue judge go back to the wine bar and her little dinner parties with her social circle and explain to her blue-check friends how she restored Second Amendment rights in California? That ain't going to happen, folks. So... She will deny the PI at this level, and her logic, there are three or four bars to a preliminary injunction that we have to meet. One of them is um, irreparable harm. Uh, she attacked that, and she said, well, how is it irreparable harm? I mean, you're, and she even said this, well, your plaintiff looks like he's all right back there, you know, looks like he's doing, you know, he's doing just fine there, sitting on the bench, and 
So how has he suffered irreparable harm? And this is where the attorney schooled her and said, Your Honor, there are many cases, and she cited, I think, a couple, that demonstrate that denial of an enumerated right is irreparable harm, and it is not the burden of the people to show that there's been irreparable harm. Denial of a right is the irreparable harm. It is the burden of the state to prove that we have not suffered any harm. So you're asking the wrong person. You're asking us to prove the burden for denial of a constitutional right. You need to be asking him to prove how he's not burdening our rights. That's and, so and well I think put. She was start, I think she's start, she was starting to lose her temper, which yeah. I thought was good. So um, the irreparable harm is there. It's demonstrable. It's denial of a right. The Supreme Court says so in several cases. The other burden is you have to be likely to succeed on the merits of your case. In other words, they're not going to issue you a preliminary injunction if your case is doomed to fail at some point. But likely to succeed is is subjective, see? And so that's where the judge will deny the PI because she all she has to do is say, well, I really don't think the case is likely to succeed. But here's her problem. It's going to require some pretty tortured logic because California has banned the right, 25850, 26400, 26350, and no sheriff has ever granted the right under 26150 and 155B2. There has never been a granting of the right by a sheriff or a police chief, so the right is banned. It's going to require some fairly tortured logic on her part to explain why she doesn't think the case is going to succeed on its merits. And in that writing, she will write our appeal for us, we believe. Um, Mark, um, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. We're going to have to go off to a break in about two minutes. But one of the questions I want to ask you, you can start it, and then if we've got a break, just uh, hold your thought. Uh, She did state in court that uh, wouldn't it be uh, that she thought maybe she, meaning the judge, should be waiting on other court cases, and our attorney answered that brilliantly on how of the relevancy of those court cases to ours. The second thing is, is how our attorney um, discussed with her, meaning the judge, the uh, that this everything that's happening here violated not only the Second Amendment, but the Fourth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. And it was quite an exchange about the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, how, um, how our attorney uh, came back as the judge left it out the first time. So it... Um, when we get back from the break, and we'll take it early so we have the rest of the time to where you can go ahead and elaborate on those two things, I'll bring up the questions again when we come back. So, my good friend, um, if you could uh, uh, hold on. I know you will. Uh, again, we have Mark Baird here. And, uh, Mark, you th- I don't even know. I, everybody in this state should be thanking you and supporting everything you're doing here. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, too, when we get back. Anyway, folks, time has come. For 51. Let's get her done. Yeah. 
Did you know that Article 4, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution lays out the framework for the state of Jefferson's plan to split California? A state can be formed from the land within another state if the state legislature and Congress approve it with a simple majority vote. Fifty-one percent is all it takes. Your vote doesn't count in Northern California. California is broken and the time has come for 51. Please visit SOJ51.net and donate now to show your support. Celebrating 20 years in business, Five Star Bank is a community business bank serving small to medium-sized businesses and is a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Five Star Bank was founded in 1999 by a group of local entrepreneurs who wanted to create personalized banking services inspired by shared vision and goals. Today, Five Star Bank is among the top 5% of performing banks in the nation for banks of its size. Five Star Bank proudly serves farmers, ranchers, and growers in the agricultural community, commercial real estate developers, and construction, those who lead nonprofit and churches and entrepreneurs in emerging technology. Five Star Bank is also committed to small businesses through a robust SBA department. They understand that when it comes to business, timing is critical. Their sense of urgency and speed to serve are part of the foundation of their success. Visit fivestarbank.com and visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell in Reading. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. A jewel of the North State, a place we love to go and love being members. The view, the best in the North State, from the restaurants, meeting rooms, and of course, on the award-winning 18-hole golf course, Riverview Golf and Country Club. It's the place to belong. Go in and meet the friendly staff today or go to their website at riverviewgolf.net and find out about their introductory memberships. Riverview Golf and Country Club, corporate, social, tennis, fitness, and golf. Get it all. Become a member. It's affordable and fun. Riverview Golf and Country Club. Again, the music reflects what Rally Sally's mood is. So I'm from hard rock. Yeah, yeah well, I have some concerns about Sally. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Hey, now, before we get back to Mark, I want to... Um, uh, follow up with some information. When I was talking about the uh, tickets for the fundraiser over in Trinity County at, in um, Hayfort, um, you need to contact um, Ann Bales, and you can contact her via email. And her email is star, S-T-A-R, 51 at gmail.com. Again, star, S-T-A-R, 51 at gmail.com. Okay, Mark, we have about uh, about 12 minutes left. <clears throat> the first thing I want to ask you about is uh, when, when the judge was saying, shouldn't we be waiting on the other court cases? I have three questions. That's number one. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I just wanted to ask when. Can we buy tickets at the door for the spaghetti feed? I believe you can, but um, it doesn't say one way or the other, but I believe you can. Okay. All right. That's fine. So now, and that's, next, and that's next Saturday. Okay. Waiting on... The judge had mentioned that she thought it did we think or she may she thought that it might be important for us to wait on the other court cases Perita et cetera um, but our attorney uh, seemed to spin that around on her and say, well, 
they, you know, they really wouldn't have as much relevancy to our case. And can you explain that? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, the judge has this habit. Don't you think that uh, the New York Rifle and Pistol Association right. case would be dispositive on this case? And our attorney answered, no, Your Honor, I don't think that at all. First of all, it's not illegal in California to lock your gun in your trunk and drive it anywhere you want to. So the New York Rifle and Pistol case is a transportation case in a locked container in the trunk of your car. That's not illegal in California, so it wouldn't have any bearing on our case. Now, the one thing the New York case will have bearing on is the right to carry arms, in Judge Ginsburg's opinion, because carry, there was a case where a guy got caught with a gun in his car, and uh, the state argued that that is bare, that the gun being under the seat, the guy was bearing the arm, and Judge Ginsburg argued with that in her dissent and said that bare means to keep or carry on your person, in your clothing, or in your pocket any instrument uh, to be used in a, the event of armed conflict with another person. So Judge Ginsburg arms that bear means on your body. But the, but her, she was in the dissent, and she lost, and so bear means having it in your car. Now, the right to bear arms means you could have the gun in your car. You can already have one in your car in California, so our attorney put that away. Well, what about Young versus Hawaii? And she said, no, in Hawaii there's only one county. So if George Young gets his get the ability to carry within the county of Hawaii, that doesn't bear on California because we have 58 counties. And the 26, 155, 150, and 155B2 permits are county-specific. So even if the sheriff of Siskiyou County deemed to give me a permit to and allowed me to exercise my Second Amendment right, I'd be arrested in Shasta County for doing the same thing. So it doesn't bear on us. And that's what she pointed out to the judge. No, California has banned the practice, and the practice needs to be unbanned. It needs to be allowed. Um, the other question uh, that has come up, um, the attorney was, was amazing on this, um, how the, this particular case, uh, this particular issue, doesn't only affect our Second Amendment rights, but our Fourth Amendment rights. And the interesting part uh, in court, uh, I think, is how the judge tried to ignore the 14th Amendment, uh, and uh attorney uh, came back and just, it was <laughs> it was something to behold. Could you elaborate? Well, the judge was on the Fourth Amendment uh, cause of action, which was the possessory and usury interest of property. In other words, if you, if you lawfully own a piece of property, whether that's a firearm or a hammer or a Phillips screwdriver, then you, if you lawfully purchase that property and you lawfully possess it, then you have the lawful right to use that property in any way that you see fit. And so what, that's our Fourth Amendment claim. If you purchase your firearm legally and you're using it for lawful purposes, self-defense, ever, then you have the right to carry that property where your activity requires it to be. In other words, you don't know where self-defense is required, so you should be able to carry that firearm anywhere you go. As long as you own it lawfully, it's your property. So what the judge was looking for, she was saying, well, you know, if I grant the Fourth Amendment, then can't we just uh, dismiss the 14th Amendment claim? And which was kind of interesting because the 14th Amendment is how enumerated rights mm -hmm. apply to the state. Mm -hmm. They're incorporated through the 14th Amendment because we have a due process clause in the Fifth Amendment. You can't be, in other words, your property can't due process and without, or just compensation. Well, that is a federal due process 
Amendment. But the 14th Amendment is the due process clause that causes enumerated rights to be attached to the states as well. And so the judge was looking for a way to get rid of the 14th Amendment claim because the amendment claim might not apply to the states. So the attorney argued, no, the 14th Amendment is integrated because it applies, it incorporates the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment to the states, and McDonald v. City of Chicago affirmed that in the United States Supreme Court. So she was pretty quick to get back at that and preserve that 14th Amendment claim because it's very important. It makes all the other claims apply to the states. Yeah, I think, too, I know we've talked about the... uh... Uh, you know, the attorneys we have in the CFR case up here, I mean, uh, you know, just just, just amazing people uh, that uh, that have helped us with this. I was very impressed with her. There was one issue that, that, that you brought up, and I, and I think this is really important, especially to the counties in Jefferson, especially to the counties in Jefferson, and that is because a lot of them fall under the under 200,000 qualification where you can open, or you can uh, issue as a sheriff. Um I asked our sheriff, Sheriff Pacinco, you know, well, if you trust them with 10,000, trust 10,000 people with concealed carry, they've had training, they've had, they've gone through all the hoops, they've gone through the classes. Why wouldn't you trust them with open carry if they were maybe out, you know, walking uh, somewhere on a park trail or with their with their grandkids? Why wouldn't you trust them with that if you trust them with one on one? And his comment was. Because something happened, we would bad guys and, uh, you know, really and truly our officers uh, would be really nervous about that. I know that you well, have talked about our, a training our, issue. Go ahead. Our expert witness shredded yes. that claim. Our yeah, that's expert what witness yeah. is a longtime law enforcement officer in a jurisdiction in Kansas that went essentially from no method of carry, concealed open or otherwise, to constitutional carry without a permit virtually overnight. And he said that is an absolute fallacy, that if you have are afraid when they see firearms, then you got a training trust. You want to say that again? And if you have officers that are afraid when they see a weapon, then you have a training problem, not a trust problem. And I was a peace officer. The sight of a gun never made me panic and freak out. I mean, if, you, if you're afraid of the sight of a gun as a police officer, you're probably in the wrong business. But don't worry. McDonald hiring, and so was Walmart. Well, you know, a lot of that is, yeah, the training issue. I, I, I mean, that's just such a great point. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you... Well, look, here, because in your use of force training, you are never taught that you show up at the scene and you just shoot everybody that has a gun. I mean, you are never taught that when you show up at the sight of a gun, it's going to make you draw your weapon and kill that person. That's absolutely, positively a ridiculous statement on Sheriff Pacinco's behest. I, I can't believe a law enforcement officer with his uh, experience and training would even make such a stupid statement. But he is head of the Second Amendment Committee for the California State Sheriff. Here's the deal. It is your job as a peace officer to discern the bad guys from the good guys. And personally, whenever I was talking to a guy out in the woods or out in the country and he had his pistol strapped on his hip, well, I was more comfortable than if I thought he had it concealed. Because wallet, I could say to myself, well, gun, because I could see where that is. Anything else, I was more comfortable when I could see the gun than when I couldn't. That's funny. I got a, an interesting response from a young police officer in Anderson. Uh, same kind of response. He, he, he even said, well, if, you know, if they have open carry, I know who the good guys are. 
But I mean, it's all That's about right. control, and and I, you know, it's it's disgraceful some of the the uh, positions these sheriffs are taking. Absolutely disgraceful. I know Sam Paredes was beside himself about one particular uh, CCW restriction. I forget what town it was in or what county it was in, rather. Um, but you it want was, to know what's disgraceful, though, Terry? It's disgraceful that the people of the state of California continue to allow this because Governor Newsom just signed 15 more gun bills. You can't even buy, after January, you won't even be able to buy a trigger spring without getting a background check and going to an FFL. Wow. I know that we, we read off uh, uh, several of them this morning when we first got started, AB12, AB61. Uh, AB 1297 and AB 376. Yeah, what is the matter with the people of the state of California that they're allowing this and seemingly nobody even cares? Well, I know one of the things you know. when I when I asked Brian Daly about uh, some certain things, well, you know, I I support whatever the sheriffs want to do. Well, you know, I support whatever the sheriffs want to do, too, as long as it's constitutional. Well, I can't wait until the sheriffs want to steal your wallet because you support that, too, then, I guess, huh? Well, you know, the thing I don't is... Ever, is it, I don't ever say I support everything that X or Y wants to do. I want to look at things on a case-by-case basis and be discerning in my answers. I want to know that those things support or enhance the cause of liberty, or I won't support them at all, no matter who they come from. You know, that would be maybe a more proper answer to a question like that. Amen. You know, I really have. Uh, I, I I would like to ask you something, and I and you know I I want you to see what you could do, please, because I think that. Uh, especially here in Shasta County, we would need, we want to have uh, you come in if you can, uh, not this coming Monday, the following Monday, and we'll start advertising that right now uh, to discuss all these things we talked about here. You can have as much time as you want. Uh, we'll get you in there and out of there early so you can get back home early. But we'd love to have you come to the Patriot meeting. Uh, I believe that would be the October the 21st, I, I think it is. I think that's the Monday after this one. Um, and uh, we... We would love to have you come in and go through all this stuff. In fact, I think we ought to invite the sheriff. Uh, I think he needs to hear some things here. Again, if he'll come. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. You know, ask him, see if, he, see if he agrees to it. All right, my friend. Listen, we, we uh, thank you for all you've done. Uh, hopefully I'll see you today. And um, time has come, folks. Or 51. Let's get her done. You have no clue, and still you're telling us what The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.